All right, good to be back with you tonight. Um, who's excited about the Duke loss? Yeah. <clears throat> that's gonna that's gonna bust a lot of brackets. <laughs> Anybody have Michigan State going to the all the way? Shoosh, nice. Oh yeah, Kentucky's out. North Carolina's out. Duke's out. Kansas is out. So that means all the blue bloods are out. So. All right, so we've been in the book of James um, since this whole semester. So uh, we come to chapter 5, verse 12, which we're only going to be talking about one verse, but it's an important verse. So tonight it's going to be discussing something that we've all done, something that we're all guilty of on multiple occasions. Uh, much like a lot of the book of James, it can be kind of a punch in the gut. But um, this verse in particular, um, I think, is important. Um, just because it, it also talks about uh, our speech, our conduct with what we say. So this is something that, that tends to discredit us and puts our character into question when we, when we have a habit of doing this. Um, we're talking about wrongly taking oaths and vows. Do you guys know what oaths and vows are? You might hear them at a, at a wedding, taking a vow or an oath in a, in a courtroom. Um, these are where we're taking them in a wrong context, uh, taking them wrongly as far as invoking God's name wrongly. Uh, talking, we're going to be talking about swearing, which is not about, it's not cussing or profanity. Swearing as far as um, taking the Lord's name in vain. Um, scripture is clear on profanity and, and cussing and swearing in that regard that we're supposed to get rid of all unwholesome talk from our mouth. But this is, James is talking about something different. So, before we start, I got a couple warm-up questions. So John is going to help me see whose hand goes up first. So I got two questions. The winner of each question will get a free, <laughs> get a free, uh, free item from the candy bar for me. Okay. So question number one. You got to answer it right. Too. You got to answer it right. Yep. All right. Everybody ready? Which president of the United States was known as? To not be able to tell a lie. Sai. Sai's got a free item. All right. Question number two. Did anybody else, did anybody else know that other than Sai? I saw hands go up. Okay. Abraham Lincoln would have been close. He was honest day, but he wasn't, wasn't known as to not be able to tell a lie. All right. Question number two. This one may be a little harder. All right, size eliminated from this one since you already won. I know, you already got one. Don't be a lush. Which popular fable or story involves a boy not telling the truth and is doing it over and over? Huh? Green? What? No. I think Ben was pretty... Boy cried wolf. Bam. All right, so Ben and Cy, all right. I'll hook you up. So the boy who cried wolf. So think about this story for a moment. What ends up happening the more he tells lies and portrays to be telling the truth? He becomes less trusted, right? So to the, to the point where nobody believes him in what he's saying, which leads to a problem. 
Okay, and the problem is when the wolf does come and he cries for help, nobody, is, nobody believes him, right? Because he's thinking he's telling another lie, right? So what happens too is when he, go ahead. They get eaten. <laughs> Possibly, yes. But the more he's, so when, he, when the wolf does come and he, you know, he blows the horn or whatever to tell that the wolf is coming, Nobody believes him because they think he's telling another lie. So people are not coming to his rescue and or they are late getting there, right? So what happened to his character? Man, his character was damaged big time. <laughs> he, he lost all credibility during that time. He was not telling the truth. Okay, his integrity. What's integrity mean? His integrity was shot. What's your integrity mean? Okay, yep. Yep. Doing what you say and saying what you do. Okay, mean what you say and mean what you do. Yep. So his integrity was shot during that course. His credibility was gone because he wasn't telling the truth. Okay, and this is going to lead us into what verse 12 is talking about uh, when we get into the text. Um, all of you have said, um, I know I have in the past, um, we've all said, uh, I swear to God, you know, this is the truth. Uh, I cross my heart and hope to die. I promise on a stack of Bibles. And you may have even done the old pinky swear routine. Okay, so when it comes to using uh, these types of contexts, we're using God's name wrongly, okay? We're taking his name in vain, which is a major sin. Why is taking God's name a sin? Have you heard of that before in the Bible about thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain? Is that part of a certain command, part of the Ten Commandments? Okay, so when we swear by that um, and use that type of language, that's, that's a sin. Do you guys find that when people who swear like that, they do it because they have a history of not telling the truth? Isn't that kind of funny that somebody who, is, who, wants, to be, who wants to make sure so much that, they, that you, they want you to know that they're telling the truth as they'll swear in God's name, thinking that them doing that is going to make you believe them all the more. Do you guys find that True. Um, however, doesn't it seem that somebody who, the more someone swears to tell the truth, the more skeptical, skeptical we become <coughs> of their credibility because it just seems off that they're trying so hard to try and, and convey that they want to tell the truth that they're willing to invoke God's name in, in, in a way that's not, um, that's not right, that's, that, that's sinful. I think of... A few years ago, there's the, the baseball scandal, the PEDs, the performance-enhancing drugs that robbed a lot of players. Um, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, um, two or some other ones that got Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, even though he hasn't gotten nailed fully yet, but he should. So all those guys, um, you know, were up on the stand, 
and we're, we're adamant, you know, saying, I swear I did not, you know, I did not take performance enhancing drugs. I did not do this. You know, kind of swearing in, in, that, in that way and making promises and proclaiming that they did not do this. And what happens? They get busted. Why not let your yes be yes and no be no? Why not come forth and tell the truth? It's far less damaging to your credibility when you just are forthright rather than leading this string of lies and later on get busted. So we see it all, all the time when somebody tries so hard and swears to tell the truth and makes such a, um, a, a big deal about it that the more skeptical we become. So we as, as sinful humans, we're sometimes so concerned about our ego being hurt. And I think of that with the, with the performance anti drugs. Those guys are so concerned about their, their ego being hurt, their, their records being tarnished, that they're not going to willingly just come forth right away. They're going to try and, try and toe the line and see if they can get away with it. But we're so concerned about our ego being hurt and, and being seen in a negative light that we lie to cover up so we can fit in with our friends, um, to fit in with fans, media, you know, whatever. We care more about our, our image than obeying God's instruction to always tell the truth. And you think, of, I see that sometimes, I'm not on Facebook, my wife is, but um, you see that with, you know, people on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, you know, people put up this facade because they want to make their ego um, a certain image or look a certain way that they're willing to jeopardize the truth about themselves um, to portray something that, you know, they're, they're not. <clears throat> so in that process, we're exalting ourselves above God, right? We're making ourselves an idol, really. As believers, though, God wants our character and our integrity to reflect His glory and not ours. Okay, God cares about our heart. We shouldn't be falsely swearing, which involves using God's name wrongly or taking God's name in vain. We shouldn't be telling lies because it discredits God's holiness and is sinful. God's name should be held in high honor, and we need to honor God in our speech. His name should never be used in a flippant manner where it's just, eh, we're just saying, you know, you know, God's name in vain, that's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal because there's only one name. He's the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and that name is reserved so let's, with that kind of warm-up, let's get into the text, um, James 5 through 12. If you've got a Bible, we'll have it on the screen too. But um, Okay, verse 12. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So this verse... Um, like many other verses in James, uh, when it says, whenever you read Scripture and it says, above all, it starts with above all, you want to really pay attention to what's about to follow because he's about ready to, the writer's about ready to say something very important, okay? And James, leading up to this, um, since chapter 1, he's, you know, if you guys remember through, um, he's been talking about our speech a lot, our tongue, um, how we talk, what we say, um, so it's very important, and in chapter 1, verses, verse 26, he says to bridle or restrain your tongue. If you cannot, if you can't, you give off evidence as a person who has an unchanged heart. 
So if, if you have somebody that cannot bridle or restrain their tongue um, and really doesn't care, you know, if they are or not, would that give off a, a evidence that a person is not saved or has an unchanged heart? Yeah. Um, chapter 2, verse 12, speak and act as those judged under the law of liberty. This means give evidence of your spiritual freedom in Christ. Witness in a way you speak and act. Um, so much of what we, you know, what around, you know, around school, around work, you know, we're involved in conversations throughout the day with, with so many people. You know, unfortunately, it's probably actually less and less amongst you guys because you get our text all the time. And it's just that generation. Um, but that nonetheless, you, can, you still want to be truthful in even what you're texting. But in your conversation, your speech should, um, should give off evidence, you know, especially, obviously, as a believer, if you call yourself a believer, to give off, um, give off a Christian presence and not be caught into gossip and verbal abuse and using profanity and lying and, and things that... Um, where you're not restraining your tongue. Chapter 3, it talks about, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 11, it talks about taming the tongue. And in that section of verses, it gives two um, analogies I thought are really good. I don't know if you guys remember that. There's two things when it talks about taming, taming the tongue. Um, it talks about a ship. Do you guys remember that? The tongue being the rudder of a ship. So you had this huge ship, and you got this small rudder, Right? What does the rudder do? Steers the ship. So wherever the rudder turns, the ship goes. So you have this little rudder that's, that's turning and, using and, and uh, directing the ship, much like our tongue, you know, directs our speech and what we say and what we do, directs our conduct. Um, so something so small has such a powerful impact. And then the second analogy in James 3, it talks about um, how a small spark can set ablaze a forest, okay? Now, just a little, when you guys go out camping or, or have a campfire in the summertime or fall, you know, just a little spark, and then it ignites something a lot bigger. Um, I love that analogy, and I was looking, doing some research. 2017 and 2018, we had a, a large number of forest fires on the country, in 2017, there were 64,610 wildfires throughout the country, and it damaged 9.6 million acres uh, that were burned. So just to give you an idea, um, I was talking with Van. We thought probably this property is about 15 acres. Eureka, there's 640 acres in a square mile. This town of Eureka is about 2.68 square miles. So that's, what, like 1,700-some square or 1,700-some acres. So that would be about, um, well, I'll get to that statistic here in a little bit. In 2018, um, there were 55,900 <laughs> forest fires, so about 8.6 million acres burned, consumed up. So, and I got to, I got to looking, um, the most deadly fire forest fire in U.S. history was in 1871 in a town called Perishigo, Wisconsin, where one forest fire set ablaze and burned and destroyed 1.2 million acres and killed 2,500 people. So that's about 
one and a half times the size of Rhode Island, and that's about 703 towns of Eureka. That's, about, that's how many acres. That is a lot. That is a lot of property, a lot of real estate burned up with just one, started with just one little spark. And how, and to think of that analogy and how, you know, our tongue, you know, Scripture also talks about our tongue can be sharper than any, than any sword. And how our words can just consume and devour what, you know, what's, what, what is said to other people, about other people, and can just run rampant and just spread, you know, like wildfire. So, <clears throat> true believers can be tested by their speech. It can be an indicator of what's going on in the heart. And this is what James is talking all through, you know, above all, you know, do not swear. Um, he's talking about our speech. Um, and in Matthew, we're going to jump to Jesus talking in Matthew 15, 18, he says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. So you guys might have heard this, out of the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, or out of the overflow of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. James wants to emphasize the importance of our speech and how it lines up with our spiritual walk with God. I came across a pastor who said, you may not be able to do everything, but you can say everything. The heart is a storehouse, and the mouth tells you what you have stored there. We send more with our tongue than in any other way. Think about it. You can't, may not be able to do everything, but you can sure speak everything, right? And a lot of times, if you're, you're harboring um, jealousy, envious, enviousness, covetousness, you know, hate, you know, in your heart, where do you think that's going to overflow and come out? Where is that going to be seen by other people? Your mouth, in, in your tone, how you, how you speak to somebody, how you belittle somebody, how you verbally abuse somebody, how you, you know, you want to you protect your character so you're going to lie about somebody and say something behind somebody's back. Gossip, okay, because you're harboring that junk in your heart and it's just going to come out. As we go on in verse 12, it says, Stop swearing, either by heaven or by earth, or by any other oath. So when we come to this part, we see that we see oaths in Scripture in the Old Testament. And in Jewish culture, uh, they were used as sort of kind of almost today what we call a contract. Okay, a contract between people to know what they were going to keep and confirm their word. Um, we see old prophets like um, Daniel, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them uh, use oaths. We see God even used oaths and promises that were acceptable all throughout the Old Testament. Um, Genesis 9, um, what promise did God give us that he wouldn't flood the earth again? Rainbow, okay? God's making oaths and promises all throughout. Luke 1 talks about sending a redeemer. You know, Isaiah uh, 53, uh, bringing a Savior, you know, ra raising Jesus from the, from the grave and just, you know, how he's going to be the, uh, the propitiation of our sins, the, the Savior of our sins and take on that wrath. You know, all through Scripture, um, there, there's promises and, and oaths that God has made. Um, and God does this 
to help people understand what they, what they meant. Okay, God did not do that to hold himself accountable to his word. God did not give a promise and an oath to hold himself accountable, to make sure you hold him accountable, because God doesn't lie. It's not in his nature. It's not in his character. He can't lie. So he did not do it for us to hold himself accountable, to hold um, him over our heads or, or, or vice versa. You know, God can't lie. So he does it to, understand, to help us to understand what it means. Um, in Numbers, Old Testament book, chapter 30, verse 2, uh, back then if you made an oath, you better be serious about the oath. Because um, it says, if a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do he shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. So you don't throw God's name around like it's no big deal. If you made an oath or a promise back then, you kept it and you, and you, you dealt with it. You know, like we talked before, if you, you know, using it flippantly, you know, that is taking the Lord's name in vain and it's, um, it's, it's, it's a serious sin. So... <clears throat> How often do you guys hear the Lord's name taken in a pro, taken out of context, used inappropriately um, in today's today's world? When people say, you know, I, I swear to God this or that or, or do you guys see that a lot? If you watch, how many of you guys watch TV? Yeah, I guarantee you in 30 seconds of watching something, depending on what you're watching, but most of the time, somebody is taking the Lord's name in vain. They're swearing what they shouldn't be swearing. They're um, making, you know, taking, you know, using Jesus' name in, in wrongly. It's, it's all over. So when you guys hear that, does that even register in your minds? So when you're watching TV and you hear somebody say, you know, God this, God that, or, or Jesus Christ this, or Jesus Christ that, and they're not saying it in the, in the context that it should be said. Does that register? No? Does it make you uncomfortable if you hear that? <laughs> I should have mic'd him up. I guess, we, I guess we don't need to mic him up. We can hear him from out here. Um... As a believer, that should make you uncomfortable, and you should be able to, and you should, that should bother you, should it not? If you call yourself a believer, and you are um, sitting by someone who is um, just spewing out the profanity of, of God's name in vain to you, that should be offensive, as offensive to you, as a person who is using other profanity all the time. I've had that experience many times where you're sitting at a basketball game or you're sitting, you know, sitting at work and you have coworkers that are talking like that. And I've had one point I know where somebody was using, you know, that kind of language, uh, not the profanity part, but using the guy's name in vain. I had to get up and walk away. It was just, I just didn't want to hear it. It's, more, it's just as offensive to hear that than somebody using, you know, cussing and like a sailor and swearing and using profanity. It's just as bad. 
And as a, as a believer, that should bother us. That should make us feel uncomfortable to the point where, you know, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to watch that show if, if that's all they're saying. <clears throat> Our culture dismisses the holiness of God, dismisses the holiness of the, of the name of God in Jesus Christ. And we're called as believers to be different from the world. You know, what would that look like if you were sitting with some of your friends and, you know, watching something, and you're like, you know, I'm not, not going to watch this, and just turn it off. And they're like, what are you talking about? Really, I want to watch this. I don't want to watch it because they're, it's, they're constantly using God's name in vain, and I don't want to watch it. You know, what would that look like to them? They'd send a message like, hey, well, all right. I guess we're not watching that. But we need to take a stand like that sometimes to get our message a point that we're not going to stand up for that you know, as believers, that we're, we're going to be separate from the world. So James' teaching on this verse actually comes from uh, Jesus in Matthew 5.33. Uh, Matthew 5.33 through 37 <clears throat> says, Again, you have heard that it was said to, the, to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So here Jesus is demanding a kind of integrity that when speaking, Anything being spoken should already be as though it's already being taken under oath. Okay, we're not being misleading in any way. We're leading our yes be yes and our no be no. We're, we're speaking as though what's being spoken is already under oath because we're just being simple, honest speech up front. We, should, we shouldn't have to swear. What we're saying is what we're true. What, we, what you see is what you get. We're speaking the truth. So the problem back, um, back with James and when Jesus, what he was dealing with, is when we were talking about people thought that by, and, and this kind of goes back to the numbers, the numbers 30, that people thought by, by not um, involving God's name when taking an oath that it, meant it was okay for them to break it. So they thought basically justifying their intention to, to mislead. So they thought by not using God's name to swear, eh, it was, I'm, not, I'm not swearing by God, so I can swear by something else. Therefore, I'm, I'm kind of going around that. And if I break it, eh, it's not a big deal because I'm not swearing in, in God's name. Okay? And the sinful side of man has a, has a way of thinking that we can get around things like that. Okay, we have a way to take things that are, are, are true and right and be deceptive um, with, with, and, and be sneaky and, and kind of skate around that. Even though all along we have that intention of, of promising something or swearing by something where, well, God knows our heart. Jesus and Matthew saying you involve God when when you swear when you swear by anything because it's all his. It's all God's anyways. 
So don't misuse and make silly oaths. Let your, let your yes be yes and your no be no. By doing so, using simple, straightforward, honest speech, um, you know, as Christians, we're expected to be trusted, right? As, as an elder of the church, as, as, as Dave, as a pastor, as John as a pastor, as Eric, you know, we convey uh, a trust to you guys, right? Do you guys trust us? So if, if, we, if you see us or catch us in, in, in involved in a way of where we're lying or doing something, that, doesn't, that discredits our trust, right? That discredits our integrity. So um, as Christians, we're expected to be trusted and operate differently from the world system. And verse, the end of verse 12 it talks about, uh, verse 12 ends with, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So again, when you see in Scripture, and it starts with the so that, again, that's a, you want to read what's, what's coming after that. So it says, let's start from the beginning, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. Why? So that you may not fall under condemnation. That's a big so that, okay? If we continue to blasphemy and take God's name in vain through lying, through taking, you know, silly oaths, we will be judged because we're all going to give an account to God one day, okay? And as a believer, um, you know, if you, call, now if you call yourselves a believer, we, and you don't see a problem in that. You don't see a problem with lying. Um, you're even characterized as a liar or a person who is known as not being truthful. And you don't have a conviction about it. Do you guys know what conviction means? A conviction? If you have a conviction about something, you have a, you, a person who is... Um, or a thinking of, of it that you know is wrong, okay? You, you may think, ah, this is, I know it's not wrong, but uh, I don't know, I'm going to do it anyway, or I'm not going to do it. So you have a feeling that, um, a thinking, I guess, of, of that it's wrong when we are doing it. So if, you're, if you have a problem with lying, you're characterized as a liar, you... Um, are known as a person among your friends who's not truthful, you call yourself a believer, you don't really see a problem in it, you don't really see a conviction or have a conviction about it, I would question your salvation. Because that is something as a believer, if you are truly saved, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit within us, residing in us, and, and working in us, um, convicting and pressing upon the heart of the believer that repentance needs to take place, okay? As a Christian, as a believer, the, the Christian life is one of continual repentance over and over, okay? Now, as I've been a believer for, for a while now, and, you know, there's things I say and do that I probably didn't mean, and I feel convicted about it, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. I need to be a, a man of integrity, a man of my word, and I'll repent of it. And you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit working in you. And I'm so thankful for that. As believers, we're so thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
and, and we should be submissive and, and humble and obedient and, and want to repent of that. <clears throat> so, by God's grace, we can, you know, come to Him if we do struggle in this area. Okay, if, if we have a problem with being, with, with, with lying or um, wanting to get the truth across so bad that we're willing to uh, mislead people about ourselves and to put up this facade, um, something that's fake, you know, if we're, if we're lifting ourselves up more than God, you know, God's grace is, is good, okay? And we can call out for help. And we have a, we have a way, um, we have a way out through Jesus, Okay, we have a way out through Jesus where we don't have to live under that condemnation as it ends up in verse 12. Okay? Jesus breaks us free from these types of chains. Thanks be to God. So in closing, um, let's examine our speech, our motive for saying things. Uh, look at your life. Is it marked by lying? I mean, ask, that should be, ask your friends, ask, you know, ask your parents. You know, are you, are you, is it marked by covering up the truth to exalt and save yourself? We all need God's help daily and the power of the Holy Spirit to guard our tongue, to guide our tongue. So as believers, may we be people who exalt his name and, and have integrity in what we say and do, which, which honors him. Because anything we do should, should honor God. Um, I got some questions in the back. We're going to break out in some discussion groups. There's three questions um, that are good. Um, I don't know how many leaders we got, but three, okay, three groups. Okay, two guys groups back there and one girls group up here. So go through the questions um, and yeah, be honest about your feelings and, and, and your answers to these questions. So yeah, thanks guys.